All right, with Shaken Bacon, we're back here with book club number four. But before we jump into all that stuff, I just wanted to do some updates. Uh, I'm trying to get back into the podcast and the swing of it. I'm trying to catch up with the book clubs. Uh, I think I'm up to book club 10 on the YouTube channel. But if you listen here on the podcast, I'm going to try to convert everything over to audio and uh, make it a little bit more accessible because I do a lot more showing on the YouTube channel. And obviously through the podcast, you can't see that. So we're going to, over the next couple of weeks before the first of the year, catch up on these book clubs, get them up here on uh, the audio experience for you. So hopefully you can enjoy those, learn those, uh, learn from those and, uh, and all that jazz. Also, um, coming up in the new year, uh, of course, I make no promises, but I want to get back into uh, the full length podcast, kind of continuing with the real life podcast, um, you know, just learning more from other people and all around the country, all around the globe about fly fishing, uh, learning more also, um, learning more and growing in my faith, all that stuff. So kind of a mix coming up here in the new year and uh, just uh, bear with me. Uh, there's more to come, um, but we will get into book club, book club number four and the book that we're covering in case you forgot, because it has been a while here on the podcast is Tactical Fly Fishing by Devin Olson. And the chapter that we're covering is actually, I don't know the chapter off the top of my head, but it's about fly fishing gear. And, you know, Devin breaks down his gear, his kind of recommendations and why he uses what he uses in the book. Uh, and I'll leave that for him. I won't describe what he uses just because I can never explain it as good as he did. He does. Um, but I just wanted to kind of explain to you the gear that I use and why I use it. And a lot of it is based on some of the tips that Devin gives in the book and all that jazz. And um, but of course, you know, gear and stuff like that, you got to take into consideration, you know, you want to take into consideration, first of all, how much is it going to cost you? What can you afford? You know, not everyone can afford eight different rods and, uh, you know, a thousand different lines and blah, blah, blah. So, and plus what, what one rod works for, you know, when, uh, one person, it may not necessarily work for you. And, uh, you know, I've fished rods that other people just love and not like them. And I've fished leaders that people love and not like them. And, fish styles that people like and not love them or done well and I mean obviously some of it comes with practice but obviously you need a right fit for the right person so this is the stuff that I use by no means what you need to use um, but let's get into it so uh, for general for general euro niffing rod I use a syndicate uh, I believe it's the P it's either a P2 or P3 pipeline uh, it's a three weight it's a 10 foot three weight uh, and that's just my basic urinifing rod. It's a pretty slow action rod and has a lot of uh, wiggle in the tip, which is pretty, I tend to be a little bit aggressive on hook sets compared to most people. I, I have been dialing it back a little bit, but kind of that slower action rod, I think for uh, at least a beginner and someone who's not the best at casting a Euro rig can be somewhat beneficial because a, a fast action rod requires a little bit more patience with your cast and, uh, my young 22-year-old self is not always the most patient when it comes to casting. So kind of that slower rod gives me a little bit more leeway to just be an idiot with my rod, really, and uh, not worry too much about tangles, even though I'm kind of being a little bit impatient with my cast. They don't need to necessarily uh, be as accurate and uh, patient. And so with that, um, I use a Cabela's Reel. Uh, and the reason I do that is because that's the reel I had. Uh, I personally do not think that the reel matters all that much. 
Now, if you're catching bigger fish like steelhead, salmon, or you know anything like that, obviously the reel is a lot more important. You're going to get those fish to the reel a lot more often. However, for you know just general trout fishing and um, and whatever, it's really just holds the line. That's all the reel really does. Most of the time, you're going to be stripping it in with the line. Or if you get it to the reel, it's not going to be that big of a deal. It's not really going to matter what reel you have. You don't need that intricate of a drag system. Um, My reel is so old that my drag is either on or off completely. And that's how it works. And I just use the drag, like go through my fingers, stuff like that. So reel, not all that super important. However, it does benefit you to balance the reel to the rod. Excuse me, and that's something Devin talks about in the book, and uh, um, how that can be beneficial. That can help with muscle fatigue, especially when you're fishing long days. Um, you know, not having to fight the rod so much, and kind of a balanced rod is a rod where you put your finger kind of at the end of the cork, uh, the highest point on the cork, towards the rod tip, and the reel should balance the rod perfectly, so you can hold it with your index finger, and the rod just balances there, holding it at that position. So that's kind of what a balanced rod is and, you know, it has to do with muscle fatigue and kind of not having to fight your rod and holding it in position and uh, just makes for a more enjoyable day of fishing if you do that. But like I said, use what you got. Um, obviously, a, a reel is better than no reel. So unless you're doing 10 Cara, but uh, hey. Um, and then it comes to the lines and, you know, I'm for my Euronymphing specific stuff right now, I'm fishing a... Cortland competition line it's the monocore and I really do enjoy the monocore because I can um, for tying my leader to the, my fly line I can just take a piece of uh, monofilament tie a clinch knot to the line really tight and then just kind of strip that fly line uh, outer coating back and then I can just blood knot my leader right to that monocore that I expose by peeling away that outer layer um I have seen some things about uh, braid core because they make a monocore and a braid core Cortland does in the competition line. That braid core kind of works a little bit better for colder conditions and there is advantages to fishing braid, the braid core versus the monocore. I think memory would be kind of the most obvious, uh, but you know, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about that. I, I fished a monocore, it works for me, uh, it will work for you. I, have not played with the braid core. It's something I, I do plan on doing and experimenting with. However, uh, right now the monocore is, is is the thing for me. So that's kind of my Euro nipping setup. I also have a second rod that I fish. It's the three, 10 foot three weight Orvis Clearwater. It's actually a really nice rod and I really enjoy Euro nipping it, uh, Euro nipping on it as well. And it's a little bit faster of a rod than my Syndicate. But I primarily got it because it, it was a rod and reel combo, and it came with the you know the clear water reel, which was uh, already lined with the uh, the Orvis tactical nymph line. And I believe, don't quote me on this, the line is either a zero weight or a one weight double taper, and that's specifically why I bought that rod was for the line. Uh, you know, I, I got a reel, like I said, the reel doesn't really matter, so I just got a reel with it. That reel that came with the combo, which worked good enough for me. Plus the rod was pretty decent. It kind of acts kind of like an H3, obviously a cheaper cheaper version of the H3, but it, I have fished the H3 and it does kind of act somewhat similar, not exactly obviously, but somewhat similar. And I really wanted that, uh, that zero weight double taper, whatever it is uh, for dry fly fishing. And 
uh, a dry fly specific line as I've been practicing that a little bit more and I wanted that rod so I could designate one rod for dries and one rod for urine nymphing kind of in competition being able to carry two rods plus also just general fishing just carrying that second rod although sometimes annoying uh, it's not as annoying as having to change completely from a urine nymphing setup to a dry fly setup or a dry dropper setup or vice versa so plus um, you know in the future this is not something I talked about in the video which is nice be doing these podcasts after the fact in the future i kind of hope to uh get another i have another reel already but i want to get another euro nymphing line another Cortland line Cortland competition so that i can um use to have two different leaders set up i've been practicing with a micro leader which i'll talk about more in the future um been practicing with that because i i see the advantages of fishing with that and Devin gets into that in the book kind of that's how like the Spanish this, I almost said the Spanish the Spanish fish and uh, kind of those countries that tend to dominate on the world stage in the fly fishing tournaments and um, I do fully see the advantages uh, of fishing that micro leader so I'm kind of adjusting to it practicing with it however there is also advantages to the leader that I have been fishing previously and that be the advantages for fishing dry dropper so I would love to have a dry dropper on a euro nymphing rig uh, just because I think that's a little bit more realistic than uh, fishing straight uh, dry dropper with the, the double taper line. Um, there's a, definitely a time and a place for the double taper line and the entire dry dropper rig. And uh, that dry dropper rig is essentially just a suspension rig. That's kind of what I throw my indicators on too. If I ever throw an indicator, typically because I follow competition rules just for practice, uh, I, my, my indicator is a dry fly. If I need something heavy, it's like a chubby Chernobyl or you know a big cast or something like that but that's also the line and and stuff i use to throw suspension rigs indicators for steelhead uh, and stuff like that um, and you know typically you don't go with a, a 10 10 foot rod for dry flies or for uh you know, maybe more so for dry dropper you'd go with the 10 footer but for dry fly, but i just like that extra reach i'm really a big fan of 10 foot rods and what they have to offer the extra reach, the ability to kind of mend a little bit easier and all that kind of stuff. So um, I forego kind of getting the, the nine foot rod. Um, plus the zero weight double taper is nice. That line specifically getting back to that just because uh, underweighting your line allows for a little bit more delicate presentation. And that zero weight double taper, while you know probably not the best and easiest thing to cast, uh, it's definitely a gentler cast and a heavier line. Uh, plus it, it obviously being tapered, it turns over a little bit better than, you know, that straight, uh, Cortland, your own nipping line. Uh, so there's definitely an advantage just for that and purposes for that stuff and, um, and all that stuff. And you just, that's kind of my rod and reel and line breakdown. Um, you know, obviously waders and stuff like that is a different story. Uh, I personally, that stuff I don't see as a huge impact on your fishing ability. Obviously you want good waders and stuff like that, but uh, for the purposes of this book club, just breaking down kind of the setups that I use, the lines I use, and all that jazz, and hopefully hopefully that helps, and hopefully you learned something. Uh, like I said, I'll be making more of these uh, book clubs coming up, trying to catch up before the new year. Uh, so if you did enjoy, please leave a like, please subscribe to the podcast, all that jazz, leave a comment, uh, maybe your rod and reel setup, and, and what, you, what you use, and why you use it, and uh, why what I use sucks. <laughs> Uh, or doesn't suck um, 
you know, I'm always interested in learning from other people, and I, I don't always believe that I know the best way or have the best way. And in fact, I know I don't have the best way. So I'd be more than curious of hearing what you guys use, all that stuff. I, I enjoy the feedback. So, yeah. So, but that's going to do it for this book club, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Like I said, like, subscribe, comment, and we'll see you in the next one.